So I didn't know if this was true. Um, I saw it on a podcast that Ben Stiller was rumored for Fast 9. I said, Noah, no way. How does that happen? Who, how do you get Ben Stiller for the Fast and the Furious franchise? Besides Owen Wilson, he seems like the last person that I would think that would be in that franchise. Yeah, like, well, like what does he have to offer Fast 9? He is not, like, Ben Stiller is not an action movie star. No. He's just not. So Which, I, I, don't, I don't understand how, how this rumor got started unless it's for trolling. I mean, probably the, the, which I don't know, man, oddly enough, I could kind of see him in something like Hobbs and Shaw simply because <laughs> it's meant to be a little bit more comedic and I like with Kevin Hart and Ryan Reynolds, um, and like their involvement in, with that project. But then the main series, this main part of the franchise that it's that Hobbs and Shaw spun off of. I think is way it takes itself way too seriously for somebody like Ben Stiller. Which speaking of Ben Stiller, of all the Hollywood actors, he looks so old, but he is only fifty-four. Like all the Hollywood actors are aging really, really well. Ben Stiller is not. He's aged like a dramatic actor, not like a comedian. Because <laughs> Jim Carrey looks pretty young still. Yeah, that that's a actually that's a really good point that you put there. You know, something about his hair just like becoming gray and him not really upkeeping it the way he used to. He just kind of looks like a an insane old man. Like he's gonna be the next um, Doc from uh, uh, Back to the Future. Which please, <laughs> please, please don't touch that. Please Hollywood, no. I don't, oh my god, don't touch, don't touch one of my favorite trilogies. Yeah. Oh my gosh. The I I had to do some more reading about this today because I didn't believe it and evidently it came from a guy who put the story out there I th- and I think he was trying to like make a joke and he wasn't taking himself seriously but then another mainstream news re- reporter uh kind of took it and ran with it oh, and it just no. went from there. So he's come out and clarified like Ben Stiller's also said this isn't really a thing. Uh, this isn't happening, but I don't, I mean, do you think that maybe he's just trying to throw, throw people off the scent? Do you think he's actually going to show up? Cause it's, it's the last one. They're trying to go out with a bang. Maybe they're trying to do it. No, they're, they're doing, they're like, wait, the last one, uh, Vin Diesel said they were doing a 10 and they might do it part one, part two. So really? Oh man. But, but I, I will say so. this. Do you. Is is this true? Absolutely not. But if we were to enter the uh, entertain the idea of Ben Stiller being in Fast Nine, what would that look like? I mean, what I'm hoping for is I'm hoping that it's going to be Zoolander, just straight up, aged out, just regular Zoolander in the Fast and Furious series. And I'm I'm really hoping for a cinematic universe here. And, well, the cinematic universe is going to end, because here's what's going to happen. Zoolander is going to team up with them. I don't think he's going to be a villain. Uh, and they're gonna, he's going to be like, do you guys ever put gas in your cars? What's wrong with you? They go to fill up gas, and then Zoolander accidentally kills everyone in the Fast 9 because gasoline gets everywhere in some terrible, horrible, horrific way like they did in the original Zoolander, and everyone dies except for him. What is this? A streetcar for ants? 
<laughs> uh, he's talking to Han at that. And after all of this, after everyone dies, Han still comes back. I think it's because of Zoolander that Han comes back. Do you think Zoolander sprayed gasoline on his car in uh, Tokyo Drift? Oh wait, yeah, no, that was a uh, that was um that was Shaw, wasn't it? Man, I I don't keep up with this franchise. I don't just I'm sitting back watching it from afar. And all I'm reading are the headlines. I'm not paying attention to what's actually happening in the like in the movies. This means nothing to me. We should go through Fast and Furious because I think it's better than Star Wars at this point. That wow. Okay, that's a great way to to leave off on right there. Uh, welcome to the Summon Up Podcast. This is where we talk about movies, shows, games, and whatever the heck we want. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, and YouTube. I'm joined by my good friend John, and I'm Chris, and we are your co-hosts for the J Day. Hmm. For the J. For the J. But speaking of J, John, how are you doing? I'm doing OJ. Oh boy, don't don't say that. No. Oh. Please don't kill your wife and the waiter who's also there, or not the waiter, the delivery man. I don't know. You reached real hard, man. I did. I did. Don't strain yourself. And I think I landed much like uh, that girl in the gymnastics and final fan or the the final destination did and broke all of my ankles. Oh, oh, that you know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, what awful. I did not land. Anyways, uh, our first story um, actually going to be we're going to start off pretty heavy and then go light. And uh, we're actually be talking about COVID-19 in the entertainment industry. So I had done some about that coronavirus. Yes, uh, the strain of coronavirus that is now affecting the world and is uh, in not at the pandemic level yet, but you know there's still that potential. So it's affected a few of our industries right now. Um, particularly, I've watched the gaming industry be affected. It's affecting movies. I looked into it and how it's affecting China, which was pretty interesting in my research. Uh, a couple of television stuff, and then something cool that Japan has done. But let's start off with the what has hit headlines as far as what i've seen and it's uh conventions um we're getting down to the time where conventions become a thing like there's supercon here in florida that's going to be happening uh i believe it happens in april april or may and you need to have your buy your tickets by march 6th but so supercon's going on yeah but there's a few conferences so far you know besides that like GDC, which is the Game Developers Conference that happens in San Francisco every year for game developers, people who make video games. And what? <laughs> I know. And it's been postponed. Uh, GDC has since uh, canceled their show that was supposed to happen uh, uh, this month, and it really started with Sony pulling out. Sony, Sony uh, Entertainment, uh, who's behind the PlayStation, Pulled out of PAX East, which happened, uh, I think, not, was it last week or the week before, in Boston? Yeah. And uh, they were, you know, they pulled out of that, and then they pulled out of GDC, and on the same day, Facebook pulled out. Since then, Microsoft pulled out, and other uh, game developers like Unity and Kojima Productions, uh, which are other game developers, and with that, they put out a statement over the weekend that's uh, uh, saying that 
they were canceling the event, but they didn't blame the coronavirus. They just said after talking to in, uh, industry leaders, they just thought it was the best thing. They didn't mention anything about the virus, uh, and they said they'd be looking forward to doing an event later in the summer. Obviously, it seems like a move to kind of like calm people down, like, hey, we're not saying it's because of the coronavirus, but travel and all this stuff. And so that's been canceled. And even with that, like San Francisco itself, where the convention is based, is kind of in a little bit of a lockdown. You know, what are your takes on that with it affecting conventions, John? I mean, I, I think they're making a really good, really intelligent and smart move because, like, you saw what happened with that cruise ship. Uh, that what is it in, near Japan? Yes, the it was yeah. the the Dian- princess, <laughs> the princess Diana. Princess. No, no, <laughs> the Diane princess. Yeah. So I, you you have an example like that where if you have all these people crammed together in a small space, I, I mean, germs are going to get spread and something's going to happen. So if one person comes to that convention, not even knowing that they have uh, coronavirus then it's just going to spread like wildfire. I mean, you just basically taking flu precautions and I, you know why they're not doing that convention right now. Yeah. It's it's basically like throwing a party, but then canceling it or postponing it because one guy showed up that you really didn't want there and not really saying it's because of them, but everybody knows it's because of them. Um, So I think it's the right move. They're trying to minimize the spread of this virus. Um, But I, I, I think we all know the real reason why and i i think it's smart and i think it's good to at least recognize that yeah it's definitely one of those things to pay attention not panic yet because here in the here in the united states things are pretty good um there are people who are catching it but they're trying to isolate it as quickly as they can um but also what's being affected along with speaking of games industry is that the next console generation that needs to be built the next uh iphones that need to be built production lines are kind of at a crawl right now in china so it is affecting that market of production to have these units that usually get ordered at the end of spring and then they go into full production and then they have them out by the fall and so we're the industry is kind of looking at delays for these huge consumer products here in the united states so that will also have effects on stock markets and just overall economics. Yeah, and honestly, I think if this virus had originated anywhere but China, it wouldn't be affecting things to the degree to which it is now. But I think because of the amount of production that is done in mainland China, um, it just affects so many different countries and, and uh, different industries. Um, I mean, even at the job that I work at, we import a lot of products from China, but um uh another big factor that i think has gone into this is that it's it's basically growing right at the tail end of the chinese new year where people are are going back to the factories now after being away for a long time um but when they get back is when the virus is hitting so they're already getting isolated production slowing down even more so there was that anticipated delay initially but now there's an even longer delay because of this unexpected virus um, and it's just kind of like a perfect storm of all of these things, all of these things happening at once in a country that affects so many other areas of, of industry. Yes. And speaking of other industries, it's funny you bring that up. Um, movies are being affected, too. Like the James, James Bond fan sites 
uh, and the United Kingdom have pled for delays, basically saying <clears throat> uh, two fan sites are asking for the studio in charge of uh, the James Bond's uh, No Time to Die to delay it to the summertime. And they're doing this on the uh, assumption that that will be at the peak of the epidemic. So that will be the max time people will be affected in the summertime so that we can go to the movies. It'll be on the tail end. So they're kind of pleading for them to push it to that time, which I don't know about you, but that seems rather dumb to push it to a time when it could be worse. Yeah, I mean, it's not going to be great either way, because either now you let it happen when it's supposed to, and it's just going to keep progressing and keep getting worse, and the box office numbers are still going to be affected by it, or you delay it with the hope that things are going to be better, but with no guarantee that, that it's going to slow down at all. And I know that some people say, like, the flu kind of comes to a natural end when it gets a little warmer, uh, but there's no indication that that's going to happen with this. So it's it's all a gamble at this point. Mm, people, people you say who say it might, get, it might go away when it gets warmer, like, what kind of people? I, I think you know exactly who I'm talking about. Anyways, yes. Um, <laughs> um, so with that being said about the James Bond, uh, the other thing that happened with it is that uh, uh, Disney canceled its red carpet event uh, in the UK for the launch of Disney+. Plus. That was supposed to happen actually Thursday. Wow. So that was canceled um, just because they cited that international travel concerns and media attendee cancellations are the reason why they had to cancel that. So, you know, it's not just things in China. It's also um, in places like the UK, which is kind of facing its own issue on how to control it. Because I've seen a few people say, like, the UK is kind of a scary place because they're like, oh, it's going to come in, you know, from planes from people coming traveling overseas to China, but people are finding their way because of Europe and into the 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 underneath tunnels. So yeah, that kind of sucks. The the English Channel basically. Yeah. So uh, they're they've got a quite an interesting predicament for them in the United Kingdom. And then China closed movie theaters. We know this earlier this year to help with the spread. They extended the Chinese New Year so more people on vacation, not at work. They tried to mitigate this stuff, but because Chinese theaters are closed, they're saying so far because of the COVID-19 outbreak, some are estimating that it's affected about 4 to $5 billion of the box off being wiped out, which is Jeez. an insane number to me. Yeah, that, it's, I mean, it's crazy, and it's such, it's probably the largest of the international markets outside of the U.S., um, yeah, definitely is maybe India as like a close second, um, but it, it just something so small like this, and it's not even that it's it's like killing thousands and thousands and thousands of people. It's just the the attempts at maintaining and like con well containing the virus uh, are what is affecting everything so far. Um, I I had no idea about that number until we did that research into it, and that's it's crazy that it's it just seems like it's happened so fast. Yeah, it really has uh, taken off the past two weeks as far as the impact it is uh, hitting, uh, you know, our part of the world, which is, I found, quite startling, just because mm -hmm. it just seems like with we had bird flu, which was mostly, that hit other countries 
in the Eastern Hemisphere. That hit a lot of uh, Asian countries. But it seems like with this, with COVID-19, it's not really affecting uh, neighboring, like, you know, Vietnam and Thailand, all those places. We're not hearing a lot of reports. It is hitting places like Japan and South Korea. North Korea just expelled all of its diplomats, which I find also interesting. Uh, it's just like that they're, you know, people are very much taking it seriously. But along with that, uh, Mulan has been indefinitely delayed in China, as well as the No Time to Die press tour was canceled. And with Mulan being indefinitely delayed, that's huge. Yeah, I mean, besides the U.S., that's probably the other other largest market they were hoping uh, to make an impact in. Um, just because, I mean, I, I, Disney's effect with Mulan um, in the 90s, but then obviously that's it's such an important character in in that history and it with that culture um i i don't know man it's gonna it's really gonna throw the numbers off for a long time and i hope that they're able to recover from it and have some kind of like decent box office uh reward from all of it because it looks like it's a great movie and i i I hope it doesn't just get buried because of the virus yeah we're gonna have to see it multiple times john to make up for china not seeing it it's on us, man. We can do this. It's on It's on us now. Uh, along with that, uh, Mission Impossible 3, or not 3, Mission, what is it, Mission Impossible 7? There's so many of them. <laughs> so many. Mission Impossible has delayed uh, a three-week shoot that was supposed to take place in, Den- in Venice due to the virus. Uh, and speaking of Venice and Italy, we had... Here in Florida, there are two people who just came back from an Italian trip who were confirmed to have the the virus. So, uh, see see you, John. It's it's been nice. <laughs> it's a, it's a good thing we do this remotely now, so I don't have to be around you. Sorry, it's, man. It's true. Tennessee doesn't have a lot of people going to Italy. Waboom! Neither does oh. Georgia. Oh, that's right. You do technic- You do technically live in Georgia. Thanks, man. Yeah, no, I'm kidding. Um. I loved Tennessee. It was nice. Uh, another cool story. Uh, this one's a cool story. These other stories are not cool. That I misspoke. They're very bad. But this <laughs> this one story is actually pretty cool. So, Shonen Jump. Everyone knows what Shonen Jump is, who knows what manga is or anime. They're the people who, do, who produce things like Naruto, Bleach, the action pack kind of stuff. Great. Uh, Shonen Jump in Japan recognizes that schools are closed and kids are stuck indoors. They have announced that they will make the first 13 issues digitally available for free until the end of March to give those kids something to do. That's how, how considerate. I think it's a breath of, uh, a breath, a breath of fresh air. I think that's a, a, you know, in times of struggle, you know, to do something like that, it's kind of like, hey, kids are bored at home. They might be playing video games. We're also going to release this stuff. We don't want parents to be stressed that the kids are doing nothing and they're miserable at home. Yeah, no, it's definitely a, a bright side to all this. And then the reason why we're talking about this today, I know uh, a lot of podcasts veered away from it. Some have taken it head on because it does affect their industries. It does affect the stuff that we are talking about. So that's why I decided to mention it. But also, when we mentioned the virus, not start a panic, but for people to stay alert and listen to their local and federal governments in response to the virus, wash your hands. And be prepared. Simple as that. To the three people that listen to this podcast right now. Yes, you, me, and your wife. That's great. Please be responsible. Jill, be responsible. Wash your hands, your nurse. Hey, she is a nurse. She does need to wash her hands. Don't. It's the SpongeBob meme. Don't touch me. I'm sterile. (laughs) 
so do you have any do you have any thoughts about this because i just i find it um for me as someone who studied history and i hear a lot of com on the internet and on and uh television comparisons to the spanish flu um it is one of those things that i i find uh looking back you know at the technology i was then and how primitive things were to where we are now and how we're taking it seriously the extremes that are happening you know i'm curious about what's your perspective on this on on the virus as a whole or just the way that it's affected these industries? Well, I think we kind of get the gist of how it's going to affect these industries. Um, yeah, yeah, related to relate to your opinion and also the industry. Well, my heavily informed opinion on <laughs> all things virus-like. I mean, I I think there's one side of of the of this where people are taking it like it's nothing and not changing anything about their life and being very vulnerable. And then you have the people on, on the other side that are gargling bleach because that's been a rumor to kill coronavirus. Someone watched John Oliver over the weekend. Someone did. And someone laughed. Yeah, that was um, funny. <laughs> I, I mean, it shouldn't take a virus like this to have people be responsible about their health. Um, and obviously, this is a very serious thing with it affecting so many people's lives and travel and so many different industries. Um, but I think we just need to continue to be responsible and be smart about what's going on and don't buy up all of the uh, uh, face masks at like your local like CVS or Walgreens or whatever, because those need to go to the people that actually are in the middle of it all, the healthcare professionals, and I just... Be smart, be responsible, don't listen to everything you read and see on Facebook, do your research, and don't panic. Just be smart. It was a virus created in a lab, John. What are you talking about? <sighs> Chris. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's, this is not InfoWars, everyone. It's just everyone relax. Oh, this man. We've seen it with swine flu. These are actually, all this stuff is kind of swine flu, bird flu, all this stuff that comes out of China every few years is kind of... A result of the, it's just the same, the coronavirus, the different strains of it. Um, you know, just the improper way that they do uh, uh, animal husbandry or whatever you might call it in the way they they um, care for livestock and how it, you know, cross-contaminates stuff. It's just not very healthy. So that's how we get these viruses. So um, I will say also as a side note, I don't think that it's fair for anyone from this country that uh, posts things on Facebook about not vaccinating their kids because they don't believe in science or anything to then go out and say uh, how another country is uh, affect or uh, handling the containment of a virus uh, because they don't know what they're talking about. And people need to stop. It's actually interesting you bring that up because that was going to be my my last point um, going into the next topic was I do I do think this is a very interesting time especially for those who are anti-vaxxers you know uh, if this does spread it is one of those things where you know um, people who are all about the anti-vax might be putting their kids in more danger and uh, I really feel bad for them. And, yeah, uh, that's that's a perspective that I didn't really get until today. And yeah, it's just, you know, we talk about movies being affected, games and 
while it is sad for us, it's nowhere near the sadness of like the loss of life. And it's, you know, just be safe. Don't go to work sick. You know, these are just general things. Wash your hands. Like, you know, this is, this is just, you know, don't, don't do anything careless. Be informed. You know, no, we're just, we're just giving the heads up reminder. You know, just be a responsible human being. There it is. All right. John, what's next on the docket? Speaking of responsible human beings. Hey, uh, I agree with this. Man, segues. Uh, So Steven Spielberg is not going to direct the fifth Indiana Jones movie. He has stepped out of that role and he's going to stay on as a producer. But James Mangold, who directed uh, Ford versus Ferrari, who directed Logan, is rumored to direct the last, uh, the latest, I'm sorry, Indiana Jones movie. Um, and you wrote down the, the fact that he has previously co-wrote for Disney back in 1985 on Oliver and Company. Yes, which uh, when doing a uh, little bit of research to check this out when you were writing this story, I find that very fascinating because a young Christopher... Uh, had a VHS tape with Oliver and Company on it, and he rewatched that movie many, many times compared to the other great Disney movies like Mulan, Aladdin, and Lion King. This was the movie I watched the most as a child, and I find it very, very funny that he co-wrote it for Disney back then. You hipster. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I do I do think that they, they chose this director, if it is true, very intentionally, uh, because of what he was able to do with Logan to bring this iconic character to a, a very natural and I think well-deserved ending. Um, and granted, I think at the end of the third Indiana Jones movie, we already had a good send off with him riding into the sunset and living a happy life. And then they brought him back for the fourth one and ruined it all. And I, I think this is their way of kind of trying to undo what they've already done with the fourth movie. Um, so I, I think, I hope at least that this is going to be like a, a more introspective, like not him going out on this giant adventure. Um, I want them to kind of take this as a more like serious, uh, like, I don't know what, like you, more... you want him basically to be Sean Connery in the third one. Yes. Yes, I want him to be the mentor figure, kind of recapping his life and legacy and sort of passing the torch onto the next generation, but not really more like a symbolic passing of the torch uh, because he has held many a torch in his life and he doesn't need to pass them on. What I'm curious about is, do you think that with with what they were trying to do with Shia LaBeouf in the fourth movie, do you think they're going to bring him back for the fifth one and try and keep that momentum going with that character do you think he's just going to be involved or do you think Shia LaBeouf's not going to come back at all well I think that's thrown out the window um unless well now that I'm thinking about it a little bit harder the thing about Shia is that he has connection to Disney however um the thing with Shia is that uh Disney was a time in his life when he was more connected to his father doing all these projects and stuff like that. So, I do think it is one of those things even though he has that familiar familiarity with Disney, I don't see him taking on this project. He's taken on a lot of serious um more indie projects since you know, even doing the fourth Indiana Jones movie. So, I do believe that Shia will not be coming back and I think that's 
more on his accord. I wonder if Disney has reached out for him, but I think it's I think it's likely Disney did, and I think it's more likely that Shia turned it down. So, um, yeah, I I do think he is nowhere near this, and I do agree. I do want to see a send off, a proper send off for Harrison Ford, and I do want it to be like the third movie for uh, Sean Connery when he, the father, he's got all these notes and stuff. They have to find the father. It'd be cool for people to come together to find Indiana Jones. And, you know, he's stuck on this, this last treasure that he's been looking for. You know, that's where my mind goes to for Harrison Ford's uh, Indiana Jones. Okay, fair enough. Um, I mean, I guess the other... The other big question, because like there's not a lot of information about this right now. I just want to. We're speculating. In. We're exactly. having fun with this. Exactly. Um, so do you do you think that this is actually going to be like a hard send off, where they close uh, the book on this character and leave it alone and kind of let Harrison Ford be this iconic Indiana Jones uh, without any kind of like competition? Or do you think maybe they're going to either try and like continue with other actors within the same universe or maybe even reboot it all uh, all together and recast everybody, recast Indiana Jones and just try and start from scratch? They're totally going to continue this franchise. There's no way they're making just one movie to do the proper send-off for him. Disney is that that kind of hero. Because um, they could have done that for Star Wars and they epically failed with that. Point being <laughs> that they're in this to make money and they want this franchise. This franchise is huge. Um, for for me, it's the biggest meaning of like, this is what got me into history. This is what, you know, I, I look at a desert and someone might be like, ew, a desert. I'm like, I can't imagine what's in that desert. What's been lost? You know, are there ruins? Are there, you know, what, what are you going to find there? Uh, rather than sand being coarse and unpleasant or whatever the quote is from Star Wars. <laughs> it gets everywhere. It's irritating. Uh that's the thing for me is that it's a, it's for the adventurous kid who wants to peek into the adult side of wonder. And I don't, and I mean like the, the wonder of discovery, you know, we have been trying to discover, we've been discovering things as humans, as people, uh, for a long, long time. And it's more interesting to rediscover things about ourselves and our past you know, the discovery of, you know, an electric grid or, you know, electricity is really interesting. But to see what we used to do, that's very fascinating to me. And I think we've lost that culturally in uh, entertainment media. And Indiana Jones is a prime example of that. You know, I, I agree with you in a lot of ways. But at the same time, I think with Indiana Jones, at the heart of it, it's meant it was it was created in a time when uh that was like the iconic uh like man that was this like almost like superhero figure uh for the country and it really represented a lot of the ideals that uh the country held dear at the at the time um and it was it was a reflection of the country itself but i think with um so many technological changes since this movie the franchise first came out you look at something like James Bond that at what like just 10 years ago even or maybe 20 because Daniel Craig's been James Bond forever um 
it was it was a very different kind of character than he is now where you see daniel craig kind of on the the outskirts of of that uh um that organization and he's basically being taken over by the more technological uh younger peers that he has um and he's basically been like he's become an artifact uh to that kind of franchise he's become a boomer (laughs) okay boomer um sorry (laughs) you're good uh i think i think the same thing is happening with indiana jones where i i think because of harrison ford's age they're gonna have to put it in um in the context of he's aging out and they kind of did this with the fourth one where he's he's kind of on his last leg because the rest of the world is passing him by and someone like Indiana Jones isn't really needed anymore because a robot can do it. Like there, there are other methods of treasure hunting. And I think we've discovered a lot of, of the world and and its culture. Um, And so there's not as much of a need for someone in his type of a role, unless they were to completely reimagine um the character and make it in more of like a modern era but then you have the uh, the comparison of something like uncharted and that movie that's coming out eventually um where you have it's just indiana jones is the original though yeah but i you like i said you either have to respect it for what it is and let it be or completely reimagine it in a new context because of our own modern era because i don't think that if they rebooted it in the 40s and 50s uh, like it was originally set in, that it would have the same kind of effect that it did on that day's audience as it as it would today. Um, I I think that our kind of I don't, I think that our culture doesn't really need something like that original Indiana Jones. I think they need something different, and it wouldn't be as relatable as it was back then. Mm, is my I own personal opinion. But, yeah, you know. I, I see your opinion. I I think I think I can get on board with that if they made uh, Indiana Jones going through like the seventies and eighties. I do see your point that it needs to be a little bit more modernized. But I don't think Indiana Jones doing stuff today. You know, it's just like there's gold in that temple. Send in the drone. Like I don't think that's fun at all. I think that's kind of stupid, actually. <laughs> Yeah, and that's I, that, that's my point I, is that someone like Indiana Jones would not be able to exist in today's culture. So you would, he he's that type of character that that has to exist in some in, in a time that has technological limitations because eventually he's not needed anymore. Yeah. Yeah, but that's that's kind of what I want. I like that stuff. I'm I'm the weird one that liked I liked Back to the Future 3, you know, a lot. And it and I'm going to go on a limb, and I know if there's anyone who does listen to this is going to find this weird, but I like Back to the Future 3 as my favorite one because huh. they're in the Old West. That's so awesome. So you kind of like that time-displaced kind of aspect of it all. Yeah, and even though spaghetti westerns were a bigger thing back then, I, I still think there can be an awe, a, a renaissance, if you will, for that type of genre, for that type of intrigue in this time. I mean, Westworld, huge for HBO, where it is the modern era meets that Western thrill, that no laws, you do whatever the heck you want kind of feel. And while it does have very serious undertones about free will, it does also tackle that time period, and it tackles other time periods too. Uh, 
But even with, with Westworld, there's always that underlying knowledge of these are robots. There's that technological side to it that always kind of plays off of the Western aspect of it all. So it's, there's not, I mean, I can't really think of anything that's purely like a Western, uh, kind of like Indiana Jones was. I, I think it's kind of um, pretty much on its own at this point. And I, I oh, think, no. I mean, there I think, is another, there is uh, another franchise. Oh, don't say it. Don't say National Treasure. No. Oh, no. (laughs) I wasn't going to say that. Okay. You you know what I'm going to say. What are you going to say? Wild Wild West. Oh, my God. There it is. Wild Wild West. Make a second one. Weren't actually the real one that I wanted to say until I pivoted to Wild West was The Mummy. Even though it has paranormal elements to it, Brendan Fraser kind of is like the knockoff version of indiana jones and he did a great job in the mummy the mummy returns yeah he did because i think that he he's the kind of of actor that can get away with playing somebody that thinks they're super gruff but also has that comedic spin to it and he it was he's charismatic like, but he in is, a goofy way he he is such a perfect storm of of character traits in an actor that I don't think that there's anybody else like him at right now that could be able to that would be able to pull off the mummy uh, like he did, and I think that like in the third one they tried to spin it off and put it off to a younger generation, just like Indiana Jones four, and it didn't work because you you're trying to replicate replicate that dynamic and that um, I, like that character itself and that that person that you really can't, and I think they just forced it. Um, so I. What was, know, it, was the third one uh, the Scorpion King or the Dragon Emperor? The second one was uh, Scorpion King. Third one was Dragon Emperor. Oh, right, right, right. It's been a while. Yeah, I just watched uh, um, the Caravan of Garbage on Mr. Sunday Movies about that whole franchise. That's how I'm so up to date on my, my mommy knowledge. Um, I don't know, man. Like I, <laughs> I think if they're going to do another kind of Indiana Jones, they're going to need to give it some time to let it breathe. And I don't see this rebooting in the next five to eight years. Um, who do I you mean, want in? Who do you want in it, though? I, I think, um, depending on, depending on how well Tom Holland does in Uncharted, I think someone like him that doesn't take themselves too seriously, but. <laughs> Can, he's, this, he's the next brendan fraser god i hope so he's so talented man he's so good he like i know they're trying to do that with chris pratt but i i think chris pratt's supposed to be more goofy than he is serious um i would agree I, with that yeah just like with what he's doing with jurassic park he's trying too hard and he's he needs to be a little bit looser and more goofy like he does in parks and rec and guardians of the galaxy do you know who I'd like to see as uh, as in the Indiana Jones as taking up the mantle or somehow creating maybe a archaeological team would be Chris Pine. Okay. Okay. You know, I could I could see that. Yeah. <laughs> the way, the way you said that it makes me think of like he would be the Nick Fury of the Indiana Jones movies. I was, when I said archaeological team, I was thinking like, like a Fast and Furious team. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you get Chris Pine, Chris Pine, Chris Pine. I can't talk at all. Like I'm combining Optimus Prime and Chris Pine and it's very weird. 
Um, so I'm going to get past that really quickly. Just a fun thought. Chris yes. Pine, uh, you said you said Tom Holland. Okay. I think you could. I think you could get more. I think you could get Q from the James Bond. Ooh, yeah. To be in um, it as the tech, the tech guy. Just typecast him. Yeah, typecast. Why not? You know, get more, get more gigs that way. Typecast him. And okay. I think you get Tessa Thompson. Okay, throw her, throw her in another franchise with another Chris. I mean, she's great. Yeah. Make her, make her the, make her the lead, because she's fantastic in everything she does. Yeah. Okay. I could see her doing something like that too. Yeah, or or make her like the person that they pick up along the way, and she knows way more than all of them. <laughs> I think I think you're pitching a better movie than what Disney probably has in mind for the reboot. Oh God, hire me, <laughs> <laughs> please. Uh, but from there, uh, speaking of watching Tessa Thompson, probably do more than any Disney producer uh, at Lucasfilm. John, what are you watching? So, like I said last time, uh, I started Altered Carbon. I'm about halfway through the fran- or halfway through the season right now for season two, um, and I it, this series has so much potential. Uh, when they did season one, they didn't think they were going to do it again, so they they closed it off very well. Um, so then, when season two picks up, it feels like they're spending a lot of extra time explaining why this whole season exists to begin with and it's it's good um i'm gonna keep watching it but it feels like the actors are just trying really hard and i think it's not them i think it's more of like a direction issue and maybe even a writing issue um because a lot of the stuff just seems forced or predictable um it doesn't feel as like organic and well uh well balanced as the first season was um i think they're just trying to like again with all of this they're just trying to recreate the magic of the original and anthony mackie's doing a great job um but i i definitely don't know that i like this as much as as the first season the more i get into it um and i hope something happens to change my mind and i'm gonna i'm like yeah i'm just gonna keep watching it but you know it could be better i think they're trying too hard um so that's my two cents. Chris, what are you watching? Uh, I'm still watching Clone Wars. I watched the second episode. It was uh, pretty good. Really enjoyed it. And then uh, I've also, like you talked about playing a lot of the Switch last time. Actually playing a lot of Minecraft. Um, I remember being one of the first people to play it. Not like the small batch, but when they're like, oh, you know, there's a beta and all this stuff. Like I was played it then. Um, and then I've come back to it recently and I'm having a lot of fun. So I'm having a good time playing with, uh, another friend here in Florida and, uh, yeah, just, uh, enjoying waiting for some really good stuff. There's a lot of good games coming out this month. Uh, you know, you could probably get your wife into the switch if you get her animal crossing. Just saying. <laughs> I think we're going to go with, uh, with Mario Kart next. Oh, okay. There we go. <laughs> But uh, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff coming out this month, and then I'm just I'm just super excited for James Bond and Mulan. Like even I'm those are the big movies. Like I I could care less about Black Widow honestly at this point. Like those are the movies I'm so excited for right now. 
All right, well, then we are going to carry those franchises on on our backs for the sake of China because they can't watch it immediately. So again, it's on they're gonna have Chris. a they're gonna have a separate box office for the Summit Up podcast where it'll be <laughs> there'll be like domestic, international, China, Summit Up podcast. We'll be like, great, there we are. <laughs> it's like how many tickets have they sold? Two. Way to go. Point zero 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 one percent of the total box office. I uh, if uh, maybe the bo- maybe it'll be a higher percent. You don't know. There's no Chinese people going to see that movie. Maybe there's another zero. Maybe there's fewer zeros. Maybe Who there's knows? fewer zeros. I don't know. I, I hope the I hope the people of China are able to see this movie because it looks like it's going to be great. And that Disney had made some concessions for the uh, Chinese people to get the cultural standards correct, which I find, uh, you know, Disney sometimes doesn't do that. So I was like, oh. How interesting. It's nice that they're trying. You know, try. Just leaving it at that. We'll leave it at that. All right. Well, thank you for joining us, uh, everyone, and uh, we will see you next time. Bye, guys. <laughs>